0: How was it getting to see amazing and iconic celebrities such as Dua Lipa and Jennifer Aniston wearing the pieces?
1: It's very, very hard to establish, let's say, those boundaries. And I would say, I mean, (laughs) I haven't been able to achieve it up until today. It's like a double edged sword. I mean, struggle and and virtue was starting our brand based out of Colombia.
0: For someone creating a brand from absolute scratch today, from zero, right? What are the essential things they need to start, in your opinion?
1: I would say that we did it. Um, the reverse of how a lot of brands are trying to do it today.
0: Welcome back, my creative beings, to another episode of the Envy Series. Once again, I'm Maria Vonsothen, your host and curator-in-chief. Today, I will be chatting with Mauricio Cerasi, who's one of the most important people behind the world-renowned brand, Silvia Cerassi. He helped the brand reach global recognition as well as partnerships. He used to be their Director of Innovation and is currently their Chief Commercial Officer. So without further ado, creatives, Mauricio Cerasi, welcome to the Envy Series.
1: Hi Maria, how are you?
0: I'm good, and you?
1: Good, good. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm very happy to to be here and uh, to be part of your MV series.
0: I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, I know how busy our lives got, so thank you for sharing your time with us today. Can't wait to get this started and truthfully looking at the whole curriculum of the brand and everything you guys have achieved is incredibly impressive to me. I mean, you guys' resume is out of control. Seriously, celebrities spotted wearing your pieces include Dua Lipa, Jennifer Aniston, Sofia Vergara, Olivia Palermo, Elizabeth Gillies, and Quinn Rania of Jordan. And you have partner up and also sell your mom's designs through the biggest retailers in fashion, such as Saks, Neiman Marcus, Nera Porter, Modo Perandi, Farfetch, and more. Finally, you also have nine standalone stores globally, right? In four different regions, including Miami, Capri, and Madrid. Only iconic moves here, guys, and I promise you, we will get to some of these headlining moments and historic, amazing accomplishments that the brand has really reached throughout the past few years. But for now, I would love to understand, Mauricio, how you ended up deciding to work with your mom, Sylvia, and her brand, and how did that happen for you?
1: So directly or indirectly, I've uh, always, let's say, prepared myself to work uh, for my family's company, as as you know, it's a, it's a full on family business with my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, my sister, my father, uh, as all part of the brand. And naturally growing up, uh, in in this business, I had many travels or experiences with my family that let's say put me in the, in the path of where I am today. When you met me Mm -hmm. uh, in university. Yes. I I remember. I was a DJ. From, as a hobby.
0: That's what I was going to yeah, ask yeah. you, but I didn't want to say it for and, you. And, it was a uh, crazy change. Yeah.
1: When university, let's say, finished, I got a call from my uncle, who's also in the in the fashion industry. And he has a kids' clothing brand with uh, over 50 stores in Colombia. Oh, wow. So he asked me, what do you want to do when you graduate from college? Do you want to keep working in music or do you want to... What's work, the deal here? Work <laughs> with the family. Yes. So I went to work with him for around a year and having experience with him there I started getting a little bit more intrigued into my my family business and saying I, I finally let's say have the knowledge to to start diving into to what we have so after a year of working with him and living in Colombia
0: it's great that you got experience right yeah. before really diving yeah. in with and, your mom
1: and it was experience also working with family because I it's mean hard we'll <laughs> speak about yeah. it I'm sure but for sure a family business is not the same as a As a regular business so i would say that overall it was um i mean my whole life being around my family being around fabrics being around fashion shows being around everything that that involves a fashion business and then i would say spending a, a year with my uncle was like the final point to making that decision
0: yeah where you really i think understood that that was your passion right it's something we talk about here a lot that sometimes it takes a few trial runs right like you trying DJing out and you trying all these different creative things out until you really were like, okay, I grew up in this. I think, you know, it's something that I could really do for a living, which is pretty crazy, but I think it happens to a lot of us in the industry.
1: Yeah. And really, I think it's, it's what God gave me. It's, you know, that's, that's what my family has worked for yeah. all, all of their lives. And thank God that, uh, I was put in a position to take a brand that's here to to another level so that's kind of what it is that's kind of the the path that god put in in front of me and now i'm just trying to execute it
0: absolutely and i and you've been doing amazing at that (laughs) to say the least to say the least and i'm glad that you know it it took you in that path and you have been fulfilled with it which is the most important part of it all and I think, you know, I would love to touch on something so interesting that I saw about your mom and I had no idea, truthfully, knowing you all these years, is that she was actually an interior designer before, you know, starting her career in fashion. So how did, you know, the idea of starting a clothing line come about truthfully? You know, how did it all really start for her in this field?
1: So there's, there's a nice story behind how our, how our company started. And my grandmother was working in a bank mm, over 30 years ago when our, when our company started 1980s. And there was many times where she would take my mother to, to go do client visits with her. And there was a specific client, which was a fabric distributor in in Colombia. Yeah. So when they were there at the office, there was a bag of unused fabrics in his table. And my mother was there in the meeting playing with the fabrics. And she asked, what do you do with all, all of these unused fabrics? And then the client said, we throw them away. So wow. you want to keep them. And with those unused fabrics, my mother put them on T-shirts and she sold them to all of her friends. And that's how the brand started.
0: I'm like it to the bone. I had no idea. Wow. First, I didn't know she was, like I said, my surprise to find out that she was an interior designer initially. And then just understanding how like this Eureka moment happened for her of her true calling is insane. And I think it's, it usually happens through your path. You know, it's not something that like, when they you're like, what am I gonna do? When you like start searching for ideas? You know, I think it usually happens along the way like it did for her. And I think it's important that people understand that.
1: I mean, just to clarify, it's a nice anecdote, of course, but I think that she's always been a very creative person. For sure. Interior design, table setting, everything that she does is very creative and very perfectionist and i think that she's always you know had it in her to to become a fashion designer or I something agree. around design and arts and i think it all it all kind of clicked together when when she had this this moment where when people were interested in buying pieces that she created
0: absolutely no and and it's incredible to really learn the story today here with you it's truly magical how it yes. happened for her and you know like any business any any product any brand that you start anything that you do there's obviously struggles right along the way so I think my question to you here is when she initially started you know after that that idea were there any struggles for Silva Cherassi in the beginning of of her
1: brand of course that I think I mean uh, company and uh, history is full of up and downs and of struggles but i would say initially it colombia in, in its time in 19 we started the the business officially in 1989 and at the time i think colombia was going through a heavy political climate and maybe it wasn't seen as you know the most positive place uh, out out to the let's say international absolutely world. yeah there also wasn't aside from Carolina Herrera and Oscar de la Renta, who started their businesses in New York. I don't think that there are, at the time there was any other brands that had their business based out of a Latin American country.
0: Absolutely was not.
1: So I think that the biggest struggle was, it's like a double-edged sword. I mean, struggle and, and virtue was starting our brand based out of Colombia, Because it's not the same when you're in New York, where you have maybe partners like photographers, models, fabric companies right in the same district in the same street here you had you know 1989 what well, people were faxing you <laughs> calling literally, you. literally. So, so i would say that starting the brand in colombia was definitely a challenge but it's also if you take advantage of it and play it as a virtue it, it's also a great thing because it ties back uh deeply to our dna and and it also helps us tell a story, I would say.
0: And I think it just comes to show, like, truthfully, Sylvia's real talent and, like, the impact she has had in this world. Because I actually, until you said it in this moment, never really realized that everything started, like, from Colombia itself. Obviously, she, you guys are Colombian. I always knew that. But now that you're saying this, I just realized, like, how amazing you guys did considering you were not actually based in New York. And that's insane to me because I actually had not realized this until this moment right now that you told me. That's crazy. And it says so much about her work ethic, her talent, and really, you know, how much people love this brand today. And now, do you remember the moment Silvia Cherassi as a brand started to get recognition? And how did that happen for you guys? I'm sure you were a little younger, but if there's any recollection of that, how was that like and do you remember that moment
1: yes i i have uh, some memories as a as a kid and i think again with a with a 30 plus year old company there's many moments and i think that one of uh, my mother's and, and the company's biggest virtue is she's always reinventing herself and finding new stepping stones to to grow the brand it's not just like a you know a one moment that defines it all but if I would have to say a moment would be being the first Latin American designer to uh, be invited by the uh, official let's say organizations of uh, Milan and Paris to have a, a runway. This was in 2001 and in 2002. So I, I would say that going back to what I was mentioning of the whole po- political climate at the time, it was a very rewarding moment for her and for Colombians to have this recognition, because at the time, all you were really hearing about was negative things from the country. But then having this, um, let's say, spark from a talented person that was putting the country in its highest um, way was a big moment for the brand. And I would say that from there on, uh, many other things followed.
0: And I couldn't agree more being Brazilian, you know, as well. There's so many hardships, you know, within all the political troubles that I think us as Latin Americans go through, right? And it's Really, really incredible that like people like your mom can really, you know, bring a different light to a whole country truthfully through her art because there are many moments that mark, you know, difficult moments that mark our countries. And there's so many troubles happening in Brazil as well that, you know, in our case, having someone, let's say like Anita, you know, like an artist really bringing joy is so beautiful to watch. And it gives us so much hope and 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 a lot of happiness to see this good news coming out of the country. And I'm sure that's exactly how you guys felt And it's special that, you know, it had the power to really give that beautiful light, not only to the country, but I'm sure to the Colombian people who are so proud to have her out there and and, and showcasing, you know, her talent. And, you know, there's a lot of people today, I'm sure, that our creatives as well fellow creatives that are wanting to start brands right and of their own one day and and probably wanna look for some inspiration with our talk today here so for someone creating a brand from absolute scratch today from zero right what are the essential things they need to start in your opinion
1: i would say that the most important thing is to have a product that people fall in love with and that people demand and ask for i would say having a team is very important that supports that creative because I mean, the product can come from the creative and then there are many other aspects to running a business, right? Absolutely. There are marketing, sales, finances. And even if it's uh, a a small company that's just starting out, I would say that surrounding yourself with the right people is very important to, to that creative, to be able to have the time first to create and to be able to put out the product and express themselves to, to that customer that wants to buy the product. And finally, I would say, of course, I mean, you have to have a budget, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Even if it's a small one, you need to be realistic of what you can do. How can you, you know, play with that budget? So I would say- yeah, that,
0: creative with it, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I would say having a product, a team, and at least an idea of what your budget is, even if it's a- a small project. The
0: smallest of them all, right? Yes. I think you touched on really important points, and especially talking about team, because that's one of the reasons I really wanted to start the MV series, is because I felt like a lot of the team around a successful brand, around whatever is happening in fashion and entertainment today, sometimes doesn't really get spotlighted. And you d- just touched on something I completely agree with, which is the importance of the people supporting that brand, even if it is a friend that helps you start, you know, and is doing something for you, like that team is really what feeds you and and, and what not only your energy but i would say like whatever else is happening around the artist around the designer right so i think it's so crucial that you mentioned this here because there's really so many places and and positions right that people don't know about that really are essential to grow an artist to grow a brand and whatever you want to do in the creative field today so i thought that was really important and i love that you also touched upon getting creative right with i think the budget that you have whatever that may be because I, you know, my my old manager used to tell me a lot, you know, sometimes for you to get something, you need to invest, even if the smallest thing. So start with whatever it is that you have, get creative with that and things will follow,
1: right? And I, I mean, you, you and I have uh, lived that together. Oh, you know? yes. Like there's, there's <laughs> yes. In, your, in your... Sweating
0: in your, together. <laughs> in your
1: past profession, when you were producing shoots for us and styling, there was many times where I would tell you, Maddie, this is is the budget that I have.
0: And I'm like, what?
1: (laughs) Maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not something to do. But we work through it. To do something crazy, but let's try to get creative with what we have. And relationships are also very important then because maybe you had a photographer that you had a good relationship with or a model that you had a good relationship with or even us having that friendship. You say, okay, let's do it because I believe in this product. I believe in this brand and I have a friendship in between. So I would say that it's very important for you to be able to work with that budget to nurture your team and your relationship.
0: And sometimes I think it's even funny, we don't realize, but when you have people around you, supportive people around you, like we were both in the creative field, we tried to help and push each other up. Um, You know, truthfully, sometimes you think everything is about money, but sometimes someone is willing to support you for something smaller or just for a favor once because you're, you're giving each other credit or like, that work maybe that i was doing for you at the time would help my career and it did right really push it up and people to see my work so sometimes it's worth to collaborate with other people and and do that networking right so so you can help each other out so that's a possibility too you know like mauricio just said sometimes you guys know a photographer friend that also wants to grow in the industry so maybe you can join forces like we did many, many moons ago, you know, to get your result or, or, or to get your foot in the door, right? So I love that you shared the story. And it,
1: and it never hurts to ask. The worst that you can get is a, a no, and then we move on. A, and I remember to you told me else. something that
0: I will never forget. I hope I say this right in English, which is sometimes uh, it's better to apologize than ask for
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. right I, than ask I, for
0: permission in terms of like better, let's just go and ask and if it doesn't well I'm sorry you know better
1: to say sorry than to ask for permission. I
0: never <laughs> forgot when you told yeah, me yeah. that, yeah. so I know we were we planned a few things together back in the day creatively, and and I will never forget that you said that. And it's something I truly guys took to heart. I, I remember it till this day. I mean, how many years have yes. passed? Yes. and it stuck with me. So it was a really, really good advice and hopefully you guys like it too. And, you know, I think that the next subject I want to touch on, it's, you know, the world gets really hard and even mentally for us a lot as creatives and like when mm. we're building something from, from scratch. So what would you say is your main tip for someone who is struggling to keep going with their new brand? How do they stay positive? How can they keep going? Any tips?
1: Yeah, I, I would say consistency and discipline are the the most important ones if you truly believe in in your product i think that if you stay consistent to what you are pushing you will you will succeed because i see let's say a lot of new brands and this comes to any industry you know i, I even see it in the music industry a lot, absolutely not just in fashion or
0: mm-hmm.
1: anything in the hospitality industry that maybe they come out with a concept the product and then, maybe two months after, three months after, whatever time after, they're not seeing the immediate results that they expect. And I think that it's more the, the end result or, or the result that you want to see is, let's say, an equation of all the consistency and hard work that you put behind something. And people, a lot of times, they want to see results immediately. So, when especially they, in today's world, yeah, right? So, when they, when they don't see those results immediately, Maybe they want to change or, or you know alter something, and I'm I'm all for U-turning, you know. But at the end, you have to stay consistent and true to what you are bringing to the table, what your brand DNA is, what you have to offer. So I would say st- sticking to what you believe in, being consistent in what you are in what you are pushing, and maintaining that that discipline of of doing it daily or thinking about that daily. Or I don't know if, if you're let's say an influencer publishing daily, or if you're a designer, designing things daily, it, I would say that consistency and discipline are the the number one uh, tip that I would recommend, even if you're not seeing immediate results. It's not built from one day to another.
0: That is truly an incredible tip. You know, I think that we've all been there at some point trying to build something, uh, even with this channel. You know, there's days that you question yourself in so many decisions. There's days you're like, uh, should it be this route? Should it be that route? But I couldn't agree more that results will come in due time when you stay consistent. And I think that's the most important tip in the world, even in the hard days. It's believing in your vision and not giving up, you know, for what anybody else thinks or says about it. So I think that is a crucial tip for anybody that's really having hard days. It's understanding that consistency is really what gets you there no matter how hard the road is and no matter if you're not getting traction right away, it will come at some point, right? I think for all of us, it will. It has for you and me and and for me in different lives and different stages. But I think that by far, even when it gets hard, not giving up is what truly, truly helps you get there at some point at the end of the day. So I love, that you put that forward and what would you say now um are the key factors right in today's world for a young brand to be able to position themselves in this market and achieve a steady growth of clients and sales of course right because everybody's looking to monetize at some point yes
1: besides consistency i think it's staying true to your product or to what you're pushing out because there's many brands or examples that you can use as a case study or as inspiration let's say but you don't want to go out and replicate uh what somebody else is doing because that is already done you know there's there's already a client for that and i would say that staying authentic uh to what you believe in and what you are putting out is let's say the the number one advice however however long it takes
0: I agree, because that really helps to build your own public and really that market that's yours authentically to you, right, and to your brand, and to your product or whatever that may be. So I couldn't agree more. I think authenticity is truly one of the main drivers of sales and what really helps someone establish their niche market and their loyal fans and clients right so that's a great great tip right there and guys I don't know if you remember but Mao touched upon the fact that obviously they have a family business today right so I want to really address this properly right now you guys are obviously a family-owned business which is very different from a corporate one right Uh, what would you say are the main pros and cons of that or really the main differences between running a family business and a corporate?
1: First, just to give a little bit of history, a family business is not very different in the fashion world because a lot of the biggest or most recognized fashion brands started as family businesses. That's right. Um, That's true. It's true. We can just, you know, name a few from, from Gucci to Ferragamo to (laughs) to one of my favorites, Marni are all family businesses. You see it a lot in in Italian uh, brands. And I would say that the pros and cons of being in a family business are the pro is definitely the team that you have around you, which is family, is core and is DNA. Everybody is working towards the same goal. Um, And the people that are working with you are also like your family. They feel like they're part of the family. So... They're working towards your same goal. When we have any achievement of whatever size, I think that everybody in our company feels almost the way that I do because of the values that we've um, established in our in our family business. So that is the pro. And then I think that the con is setting the boundaries or the lines uh, of of until where am I taking this, uh, with my family? Like when does it extend into the the dinner table or when, when you get home, you're still speaking about, about, about work. That must be hard. It's it's very, very hard to establish, let's say those boundaries. And I would say, I mean, (laughs) I haven't been able to achieve it up until today. We're in my family. We're, we're always speaking about our business, but I mean, for us it's, it's a beautiful thing. We, we live and we breathe this business. So that's that's just how it is. That's how you what you have to, to deal with. And I would say that speaking more about the pros, because it's a double-edged sword, pros and cons Absolutely. with this one. When something really good happens, there's double the reward. You know, I have like an like any company, you see a monetary reward. But in a family business, you're also seeing this emotional reward. Like what more beautiful thing than, for example, my grandmother telling me this is the goal that we want to achieve, and achieving that goal and giving her that that satisfaction. I'm
0: getting emotional yeah, yeah. here so thinking about her right that,
1: that double, That double satisfaction, uh, I would say, is one of the biggest uh, rewards of working with your family. And of course, on the other side, when you know, maybe I made a bad decision, I'll also get my grandmother to- They will kill to, you over <laughs> to, dinner for to it. Give me a, <laughs> to, to give me a comment or whatever she wants to tell me over dinner. So those are the pros and cons or double-edged sword, I would say, of, of being in a family business but at the end of the day, I wouldn't change it for for anything. And that's just that's again, that's the path that we're in. And and we'll always try to give it our best.
0: I love that you like put the pros and cons, you know, so well for us here, because I remember when we did a campaign. So back in the day that I was like supporting you guys to, you know, book the people and, and whatever here in Miami. I remember us actually after the campaign sitting down to have dinner at your mom's house. And I was like, okay, so now it's time for chisme, like we say in Spanish, you know? Now it's time for for us to relax. And no, she meant business, honey. She was like on it and you were too. And so I understand when you say it's hard to shut it off, but it also says so much about why you guys are here today and in the place you are today as a brand is also because you guys are nonstop and 24 seven living and breathing the Silvia Cherazi brand. So, So I get where you're coming from with the pros and cons. And you know, at the beginning of this interview, when I was introducing you, obviously, you heard me saying that you had the role of director of innovation for Silvia Chirassi initially, right back in the day. So having that in mind for someone that has started their brand already, right? Or they're in the beginnings of it and want to expand. Uh, what's your tip for them to be able to innovate their business today or their image or their brand? What would be your main tip or your main tips for innovation?
1: So I would say, First, innovation is what keeps a brand running because if there's no new ideas or new projects, it's, I mean, a brand can become stale, you know? Or it can
0: digital. die right there and then, right?
1: So, uh, I mean, innovation is like the fuel of, of uh, a company. And when I, I mean, even today, if it's not my position, uh, I'm still always trying to bring like innovation it. to our brand. The tip of how to innovate is, is hard because I think innovation, how does it come to me at least? It comes from educating your eye, from traveling, from listening, from smelling, from whatever, you know? I mean, creativity, innovation, it's all in the air. So a lot of times, I don't know, maybe you have a very busy week, or you're traveling, or you're working a lot, you're in a lot of meetings, you're speaking with a lot of people, and then when you finally get back home and you have a moment to maybe relax and, you know, have time for yourself, maybe that's when when innovation comes along. So I would say the number one tip is stay busy to educate yourself and educate your eye or your mind, but also find a space for you to digest all of these ideas and kind of have that light bulb moment and bring them all together. Stay busy and have a moment to pause. I was not expecting that answer. That's what innovation at least is for me
0: i love the approach you take on it because you know sometimes you expect it to be somewhat more tactical than what it was for you and you guys have innovated a lot through and through like throughout the year so i'm so kind of shocked by your answer and at the same time happy to hear it because i do think anybody's really capable of innovating following you know that tip that you just gave it's truly about i think tuning into yourself and kind of like listening to what the next steps will be to how you can grow bigger, what's the next creative idea to really staying, you know, kind of relevant in the market today and, and, and how to get your brand there little by little. So I love the approach that you, that you take on that. And,
1: and now, now that, that I'm, I'm hearing you speak, two more that I would add on to innovation. Please. Yes. Number two is stay always open to new ideas. Don't, don't think that, you know, anything is too crazy or undoable or, or not achievable. Like always be open to hearing people's ideas, Uh, putting yourself in other people's shoes, um, being, you know, receptive and just open to however crazy the idea may sound. And number three is also don't be scared to, you know, jump in the water or, you know, get your feet wet or whatever. Because um, if you don't try it and if you don't take that that moment that, you know, you're going to try something new, you're never going to really know if it works or if it doesn't work and that's the scariest part yeah, right yeah and we all need to be risk takers i think i mean you you make safe risks or you know educated risk right or, or i mean you can mitigate risk i'm not saying you know get crazy and blow it all up. absolutely out, yeah <laughs> but definitely don't be scared of taking risks because the only way that you will really know if your crazy idea is going to work is by trying it out and it doesn't I matter can- you know if especially when you're when you're starting out your brand. When you've had a brand that has, you know, 30 years, taking risks becomes a little bit challenging because you have, you know, 30 years to account for. But if you're just starting out, don't be scared of, of taking risks and, you know, making mistakes and making errors because at the end, you're only going to learn from those errors and mistakes. And if those crazy ideas work out, then there you have your your innovation.
0: I couldn't agree more literally with what you just said because... I felt like you were talking about me when I started in styling, you know, I decided at the time to like stay in Miami and people were like, you're crazy. How are you ever going to be able to like do anything in Miami? You need to move to New York, you know? And then it was funny cause I was like seeing all this industry of like Latin artists of like reggaeton and understanding like how they would approach styling and their wardrobe. And I'm like, I think you guys are crazy that you're still not seeing this opportunity that I have right here. And so at the beginning, it was very difficult for me because when I took the risk, I had a lot of judgment on top of me. Even, you know, I came from a very, a more solidified company that had a name. And I remember some of my old co-workers even being like, you know kind of behind the scenes saying like oh you know now she's dressing artists how is this gonna work because at the time reggaeton wasn't as big worldwide as it, it is today obviously so i got even ridiculed for it for a bit until like i really came to success with it and like started growing and then of course Everybody was like, oh, amazing, fabulous. I'm like, oh, now you think it's fabulous, you know? So I think it's important, like you said, to take the risk, even if people think you're crazy or you're getting judged by it, like whatever innovation you want to take, even if you haven't started the business or you have, it's so important to like take the plunge. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And that's fine too, you know, but you need to believe in in yourself and in your crazy ideas because that's really, to me, what makes the world go round. So... Everything you said is like music to my ears. And today, Mao, you are obviously the current CCO for your mom's brand, Silvia Cerasi. What does that entail exactly within the brand? Well, what does that look like? What are your, let's say, main top responsibilities?
1: So, as a as a CCO, I would say it's it's the best way for me to be able to connect uh, all of these innovative ideas into uh, sales and monetizing these ideas as a chief commercial officer i oversee the marketing department the sales department press and communications planning so those those would be let's say like the the four areas that i oversee and i mean i get to see almost let's say all of the pie uh from the moment that the collections are being created which i mean it's not just designing a collection it's there's a lot behind it as well. It's, we'll get to that. Yeah. Let's not spill the tea yet. <laughs> so from, you know, from a collection being created to how that collection is going to be presented in a uh, photos or in a video or in uh, an event to how are we going to sell that collection to how are we going to market that collection to how we're going to distribute that collection um, all the way until it's, its end moment, uh, which is hopefully selling out that collection. So... Yeah, I would say that as a chief commercial officer, I get to monetize things and, and see how how I can make them uh, profitable and and how I can make them sell out.
0: Absolutely. So it's like almost you started in a specific area and now you really got to look at everything with a bird eye view and kind of touch on different areas, which is almost like a reward too for your hard work, because I know you also had to climb up yourself, even though it was. Your mom's company, I know she's a tough cookie and she's a perfectionist and she likes everything to be perfect, and that's why she is where she is today. And so I love that you also almost had to go through that trial little by little to get to really be where you are today. So it's really beautiful to see you were able to climb up the ladder little by little and get to be the CCO that you are today and 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 really manage everything. And that she also made you go through the ringer and and probably was tough on you too, right? A little bit. Of course,
1: of course. I would say that I'm very thankful for my family for believing in my ideas and for backing me um, on all of this. It's it's very important to say it's hard for you know a, a family member that has been doing things for such a long time and in a successful way to you know let other ideas come in or other family members take leads or take roles. So first, I'm I'm very thankful for how open they have been and uh, for for trusting me with with all of this. But I would say that of course. I mean, when you, when you see the son of the owner of the company working, a lot of times you may say well, it may come easy for him because he's the son of the owner. But imagine how hard it is to convince my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, et cetera, et cetera, to execute an idea or to give me a green light on an idea. It's not just like you're convincing you know, your coworker or your boss where you come at them with hard facts. This is why we're going to do this and this is why it's better. There is the whole emotional factor of how do you speak to your family member that has been doing this for such a long time in a certain way? And how do I get them to believe in in this shift or in this change or in this, you know, new idea that I have? So I have to say that props to them for being so open and for letting me have that space in the company.
0: It's so true that this is almost like a challenge, a further challenge and truly props to them for being as open as they were to your innovations, to your ideas, to your, you know, anything that you brought to the table. I couldn't agree more.
1: Note to that one, sorry. Um, Definitely back up with all the information possible and all the outcomes possible, your crazy ideas. Like have crazy ideas, but make sure that you have information and reasons why you want to dive in the water.
0: That backs it up, right? There's a reason for it. And I would like to say, you know, talking about the business expanding, the family really working hard together, you guys have truly like expanded in an impressive rate in the last few years. I mean, obviously you guys for decades now have already been truly so important within the Latin industry, but now you guys have transpassed markets, barriers, you're like globally known and really like have a global market outreach. How was that shift of really, I guess, being known back in the day, okay, it's a Latin brand to now truthfully, that doesn't even exist anymore for you guys, it, it's global
1: at this point. So, I mean, first uh, we need to say that, of course, roots are very important. So being Colombian and being Latin is, it's a pillar for us. And it's a, it was a great starting point and it'll it'll always mean something to us now becoming a global brand that's like the the chapter that we're opening up in this conversation i think it it comes with fashion is a global industry and there are women everywhere in the world with different cultures different beliefs different cities different climates that you can dress and that can become your your customer so i would say that the idea that my mother has in, in her head and when she's designing is to being able to dress that woman wherever she is traveling at the time or whatever activity or event she is doing. And that is how we started projecting ourselves as a global brand rather than let's say, Latin American brand. Um, aside from that, there's also steps, business uh, steps that we've taken in the last couple of years to be able to, uh, gain that global recognition. When we, started a wholesale business. I think that was a, a key moment because, I mean, I, I would say that we did it, um, the reverse of how a lot of brands are trying to do it today. Many brands have start with a wholesale presence and then they want to open one, two stores. We started with it's true. a strong retail presence in our own country that also gave us the recognition and the financial backing to expand in wholesale. The good thing about wholesale is that you have all these great partners, like the ones that you mentioned before that can give you those views or those new customers around the world that kind of put you out there, but I would never change my retail. It's everything for us. And it's actually what we're trying to, um, expand right now with the store in Capri with the store in Madrid opening in ball Harbor soon. Um, That is that is kind of what we have our eye on. So I would say that the the wholesale expansion gave us a lot of eyes internationally. And we we will keep working to keep getting to different parts of the world. But the the brick and mortar business, our retail business, is definitely our number one focus.
0: I get that you know it's so important for you guys to really keep the heart and soul of that going, regardless of the global reach you guys have and we'll for sure, continue to have moving forward. And talking about this global reach, you know, getting to the juice part here that everybody likes to hear about, how was it getting to see amazing and iconic celebrities such as Dua Lipa and Jennifer Aniston wearing the pieces? And was there maybe a celebrity or a specific person that like was wearing the pieces or you guys spotted in the pieces that was exciting for you, for your mom, or for the team?
1: So it's, I mean, I, I can't lie. Of course, I, I get very happy and excited every time I, I see uh, a person that is recognized wearing the brand. I would say that, I mean, some of my favorite ones are Queen uh, Rania of Jordan because I
0: died when I saw her. I think she's, a,
1: <laughs> she's a style icon. And I also really liked uh, Amal Clooney, George Clooney's wife, uh, wearing our pieces because. She's a lawyer, and the way that she styled the pieces in her, let's say, everyday work clothes. Sometimes a lot of people say, "Okay, Silvietrasi," maybe it's more of a event brand or uh, for you know dresses. But then seeing her in a plaited skirt from our brand, uh, I I I truly enjoy that because it shows you the the versatility uh, of the product of of the brand that that we have.
0: Absolutely, and. I actually hadn't even seen it that way because it's so true and and more and more I've actually seen like separates from Sylvia being styled in more sporty looks. So you're so right. I think it's so important, especially because she literally almost helped in some way, even if it's in a smaller way, like give the public a different vision or the clients a different vision of how they can wear it. And to me, She's probably one of the most elegant women in the whole entire world. So like I would have been jumping through the roof if I had spotted her in my design. So I I, I think they're two really valid examples to mention here, and especially the one about a mouth. And actually, guys, I think a huge tip sometimes, you know, sending the product to different people can really switch around and get the clients to understand they can style it in a different way and even open up the market a little bit for the brand, right? And from your experience, uh, what is the best way to get a celebrity to wear your products? What has worked for you guys?
1: So, I mean, there's, there's different aspects of uh, how to get a celebrity to wear your products. But I think that the two natural ones are having a, a strong PR team or a strong PR agency uh, that has connections with stylists. <laughs> yes. um, I think that that is the number one. Because a lot of these celebrities, I mean you know it, they don't have the time to pick out their own wardrobe. So who's really picking them out for them is their stylist. And or
0: someone at least from their team, yes. right? If if
1: so the, the agencies that have uh, that have these relationships with the with the stylists or whoever is making the decisions on their wardrobe are very important. And then I would say having your product in key places is also going to attract natural, let's say acquisition from a celebrity. The two that we mentioned, Amal and uh, Queen Rania, were actually purchases. They weren't uh, loans or anything like this. That's even more yeah. exciting yeah. for you yeah. guys, yeah. wow. And, and I would say that when we are opening our retail locations, we're always thinking of true luxury markets because that's the area where we wanna position yeah, ourselves. Yeah, you,
0: Of your focus, everybody has their own, right?
1: Yeah. So for example, now opening Capri, I mean, you, you walk around Capri and you go to the restaurants and all you see are images of Beyonce, Jay-Z, I don't I've know I've seen else. them. Yeah, outside <laughs> of the restaurant. So like if these people are walking uh, around, they're bound to, to hopefully... To stumble to, upon it, to, right? To, to, to catch a, a Silvia Chirasi piece. So I would say that it's positioning yourself in the in the places where you want to target is, is very important.
0: And I know, Mal, that, you know, you also played a a huge if not crucial role on expanding the brand to new retailers and partners right what is your main advice today for young brands or designers trying to achieve possibly those partnerships at some point
1: so i would say first it all ties back to the dna of the brand and the product that you are pushing you have to truly believe in your product and maintain consistency for me i think it's a different story than from a brand that's just starting out right because we have 30 years of history and a
0: name of course out there that's true
1: so when i came to my family's company it was maybe you know easier to knock on doors because there's already a story of success and a reputation as well right for all the hard work but i also need to say that putting the right team together is very important because a person that can you know knock on somebody's door and get you an appointment or a person who has experience in wholesale is also going to come very handy because i mean although we had 30 years of experience we had never had a wholesale appointment in the past so surrounding yourself around people that bring that experience and bring those connections i would say were key parts of of expanding in that way
0: that makes a lot of sense and i think sometimes even you know even though someone may not have already like the support system let's say or the budget mm-hmm. to get someone in the field something i've also seen working is at least someone that has experience in communicating right for example um with people in the industry or or is a good communicator and knows how to reach can also be a good help for reach outs you know when you're trying to get new partners or 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 even someone to help you acquire those partnerships so like we said, going back to the team is so important, right? And and having the appropriate people, at least with the skills that you need
1: yes, to get you through the door. And and also people who truly believe in what you're doing and truly believe in your product. Because maybe, and this, this comes to everything, like not just the sales, but even with the PR agency. These people need to love what they're selling or what they're communicating to be able to transmit that to who they're selling it to. And uh, it's not just about, you know, getting the most expensive agency or the most expensive consultant but somebody who you have a good relationship with and somebody that really really believes in your product because at the end I mean they're gonna get their commission but they need to go out and sell a product and the only way of really selling that product is believing them believing in it and loving it to be able to convince somebody to why should i buy this product
0: that is the name of the game because i think that even when you have a budget i've seen even artists in the situation where they're like oh let me hire this manager but he really doesn't love the music or he's not really into the product and it's truly he's not gonna go out and give his blood sweat and tears to sell that brand to sell that artist right so i think that is one of the most crucial things what you've just said is is to really even whoever you have by your side, whatever that may be with budget or without budget, right? Like you just Mm -hmm. said, is to have someone that believes in you and in the product and in the project that you're really putting out there might be one of the most important things. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about collections earlier in the interview, and I was like, wait to spill the tea. So this is the moment that we're gonna spill this tea. Once your mom, Sylvia, starts working, right, on a new collection, she has the idea, she's getting that in the works what is the process right of launching the collection and bringing it to life what are the steps of ensuring its success
1: so i would say the starting point of working on a collection one of the main points is that it all starts in the fabrics um you you know without a fabric you can't produce a garment anything yeah so the planning and the ordering of those fabrics for me are one of the most important parts and the let's say what gets you kick-started you need to place those fabric orders with enough time to be able to design that collection with enough time so it starts with the fabrics it goes then into a design process which i mean in in our experience we have our headquarters in miami and we also have our uh let's say production plant in in colombia our creative team they go to colombia and they immerse themselves for around 45 days oh wow once they they receive the fabrics Um, 45 days of probably you know blood sweat and tears of putting that collection together because i would say also people when they see the final result you know they see a beautiful image or they see the model walking down the runway or they see the celebrity wearing the clothes but nobody really sees You know, the blood, sweat, and tears that go behind putting a collection together.
0: And everybody involved in it, the amount of people working behind it, right? To really make it in time, to make it perfect.
1: Yes. So parallel to that, while the creative team is immersed in putting this beautiful collection together, there are other departments of the company also working in different things. So sales, for example, is working at the time on how are we going to achieve our sales goals? Are we going to grow X amount with this client or are we going to target this client that we're really interested in in getting? Marketing and communications are also working parallel on this on how are we going to exhibit this collection? How are we going to showcase it to the world? How are we going to do the photo shoot? How are we going to do the video? How are we going to do the event of this collection? The PR team is parallelly also working on this on what publications are we going to target uh, when we launch this collection? Who are we going to invite to the event? what celebrity do we want uh, wearing these pieces? Right, or in the front row seat of later on for something. Exactly, exactly. And I would say that it all comes together the day of the photo shoot, where you finally see your your collections on models that, that we that we think fit the, the identity of the brand with a photographer that can express the vision of, of my mother, of the creative director. And yeah, see, seeing the pieces uh, live Getting shot, I think that's that's where it all comes together. Where you have a a beautiful image or a beautiful video, of of this this let's say like final product, and after that the rest is execution. You know, going out to sell it, doing the runway or the presentation that you want to do, and getting to those to those goals that that you targeted.
0: Right, and also I guess. The last part I would touch on is like presenting it to the buyers, right? To, to make sure like it's something probably
1: having having those those buying appointments for for wholesale are also a very important moment. And uh, I would say this also for a starting brand in today's world, you don't need to travel to Paris or you don't need to travel to New York. You can also do your appointments through a Zoom meeting. Obviously, I love that you're touching on this. Yeah, o- obviously, it's I mean. Everybody wants to see the clothes in person. You can always send swatches. Of course. You can always send pieces. And a lot of a lot of brands had to work like this in pandemic. And I think also one of the good things that, that the circumstances gave us was that it proved to a lot of people that we could work in different time zones and in different areas because the world kept moving and you know we, we weren't gonna stop selling our clothes and they weren't gonna stop buying clothes. So I think that you can do your appointments whether it's in New York or in Paris or in London or in Milan you can also do it through a zoom meeting the buying part of it is very important, but more important than having a beautiful collection and selling it is everything that goes behind logistically delivering on time, having a very strong production. All those details are going to affect how your customer sees you and how you end up performing because again, you can have a beautiful dress and you can have a wholesaler that says i want to place x amount of order on this dress right but if the dress is not produced how you imagined it or how you envisioned it and if you are not delivering on time then all that beauty is going to become trouble and i would say that before putting out any beautiful idea that you have plan it first and think of how you're going to execute and deliver that that beautiful idea that you have.
0: I love that you said how important you know the delivery is. That was so important to touch on because sometimes there's so many steps getting to yeah, where you yeah, guys yeah. are today is mind blowing. You know, to say the least, for anybody really listening to this and understanding the complexities that you guys have to go through to even be able to sell properly your product. So, I think sometimes you know just having the vision is so important. But then also understanding this whole back house situation the whole bts as we call it is even more important because like you said you can be a brilliant designer but if your logistics are not you know really functioning or if you know the deliverables are not there like how are you really gonna even you know get the reputation for example as sylvia did if she hadn't delivered on time and if her products weren't the quality that the buyer saw when seeing that one dress that she made so i think. So important, guys, to take note of what Mauricio just said right now.
1: And, and, and to add on to that point is take in how much you can take in, but do it the right way. So, I mean, for, for us, we've always we've always had this mentality that growth is very important, but at the size that you can deliver that growth. So it's okay to grow slow and steady for a long period of time rather than maybe growing in a very quick way then maybe you can't back up that growth, right?
0: And taking everything in, and then you know, risking almost like looking bad with the client or with the image,
1: your sales, everything. So I would say that one advice uh, from from experience is grow, but grow slow and steady, and grow at the pace that you can grow.
0: That's amazing. And Mao, you know, I love to touch on lessons here in the show because I think really it's something anybody in any walk of life can relate to. We all have them, you know, at different stages for you specifically. What is the biggest lesson you've learned about building and expanding a brand per se which you wish someone had told you about maybe
1: earlier in life? So I would say the the biggest lesson ties back to to the team that that you build uh, around you. And in in Spanish it's uh barato sale If you if you were trying to cut corners, It's probably going to come out expensive at the end of the day, because you, I would say, I mean, if you try to cut corners, maybe you're going to have to do the work two times or three times, or it's not just work, money, and time that you're going to have to spend doing this instead of, you know, taking your time, choosing the right team, believing in that team and investing in that team to put out uh, the vision that you have. And I would say that it's, it's not necessarily a formula of how this works. I, I think that every company and every project has a, a different equation to how they make this work, but just make sure that you do your research and that you put time, effort and whatever budget you have to go back and truly make the right decision of, of who you are going to surround yourself with. Uh, so I would say the that's the number one lesson is get a team that truly believes in you and that is willing to put in the work to to make that vision a reality
0: now talking about you know fashion week and fashion shows what does it take right to create and execute a successful fashion show today how does that process look like for you guys as a brand, for Silvia Chirassi, and I'm going to give you a little moment to think about that. In the meantime, creatives, I just want to remind you guys that the Envy Series is streaming every Wednesday on all our platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We also have additional social media on Instagram and TikTok under the Envy Series, as well as under my personal Instagram, at Maria Von Sotten. So now taking it back to our burning question, what does it take to create and execute a successful fashion show? And how does that process look like for you guys?
1: So first planning, like I've mentioned also in the past, you, you have to have a lead time to plan and to execute the idea that you have for a fashion show. And I would say that there is not a right equation uh, for a fashion show because Every collection and every brand wants to portray that moment in a different way. So whether you want to do an informal presentation, or whether you want to do a formal runway, or a fashion installation, or you just want you know your guests browsing through racks, there's many different ways of, of presenting that collection. So I, I don't think that there is a, a direct equation on how to do it, but planning. The team that you have around you are very important to to execute your idea. Comes down to picking the right location, having a, a strong casting of who is that woman that's going to be walking on that runway and showcasing your pieces. Um, the music is very important. We work with very talented musicians every season. I would say I have even you know personal relationships with with me, and it's you know hours of back and forth between Sylvia and the musician of what she expects to hear when these pieces are coming out. If the collection is inspired in, for example, in our case, the next collection that we're in, that we're presenting is inspired in Italian craftsmanship. So how do you put that into a, into a soundtrack of a runway? It's difficult as hell. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Literally. Um,
1: the light, uh, how are you going to light this runway is, is very important. So I would say that Having clear direction of what you want to do, the planning, having enough lead time and, and organization to plan. Right,
0: because it takes a long time, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. To, to to plan this, that's also very important. And having a strong team that you trust because I would say that, I mean, Sylvia is always going to sign off on, on every decision and say, I'm always going to bring many ideas to the table, but we need a team that we truly trust in to execute these ideas. Absolutely. So I would say that those are the the three key points of of having a, a strong runway.
0: A strong runway show that's yes. true and and it's important to know too like sometimes you have those runways that are like in unexpected locations they're not in their regular fashion week calendar so I love that you touch on that like you know what really do you want to portray with this collection and then you start thinking do I want to go to a regular you know fashion week schedule show or do I want to do something offside, you know, so all these things really play until the music and the model. So I, I think you touched on very important points of of really bringing right, a runway show to life. And I'm sure it's a really hard task to do. And now something I always like to have the inside scoop here at the MV series. May I ask you, what is next for Silvia tirassi Any future plans or future goals and dreams even that you guys might have of in course, the near future? <laughs>
1: So I, I will give you kind of our schedule. So uh, love that we love that. We will go in July to Capri to have the let's say official store launch or the oh nice the, let's say like party. <sighs> That's uh, gonna be incredible. That. Yes, yes, and then those are our summer plans. Then looking in the future, there is uh, the retail expansion. That I mean we haven't had too much time to talk about. But we have a couple of stores lined up um, and I will definitely keep you updated when, when those news can be I love can be that. Shared.
0: Stay tuned, creatives. Yes. There's a lot, a lot coming from the brand and from Mauricio and from Sylvia and I'm sure it's nothing sure from Incredible. And um, finally, you know, we love to give the MVS ops, as we call it, the MVS opportunities for our creatives back home that are interested to really work in a brand, understand a brand, or even be a part of the team. Is there anywhere or any email you can provide us with that we'll put here on the screen for everybody to see and, and make sure to provide it in all our platforms that our creative beings can apply to be interns or, you know, for a proper position in the Sylvia Chirassi team?
1: Of course, this one is easy. Jobs at Silviacherasi.com. and if you want to reach out to me directly, Mauricio at Silviacherasi.com.
0: Oh my God, we got the the direct contact here from the CCO guys. This is truly the inside scoop here. So, so please take your notes if you're interested in joining the amazing Silvia Cherasi team. So, Mao, I cannot. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you enough for, you know, agreeing to do this crazy thing with me, like right off the bat. I think you were probably one of the fastest answers I've gotten in a while. I appreciate you really being here with me today. Um, I think that I've known you, you know, for so many years now. And not only do I love and admire the human being that you are, the incredible person and friend that you are, but truthfully, the professional that you've become throughout the years, I admire truly the journey that you've taken and and everything you've been able to accomplish for the brand and for yourself and i have no doubts uh that you will have so many more incredible accomplishments to come in your near future creatives i hope you enjoyed this chat mauricio and i had today that you were able you know to get a little glimpse of the behind the scenes of you know really building a worldwide brand here and you know i cannot wait uh to share so many more incredible stories with you guys in the near future and see you guys next week right here at the mv series thank you Mao. thank
1: you maria for having me and to many more mv series podcasts
0: amen